Good morning. Welcome to Earthmakers, spiritual care for real humans. My name is Josiah, and I am the grateful creator and host of this podcast. I'm a New Yorker living in Minnesota. I'm a clinically trained chaplain and a spouse. I'm a recovering addict living with an eating disorder. I live with PTSD and other mental illnesses. Let's get started. I would like to open the podcast today with a comment about some of the content in the episode yesterday. That story that I shared about Rob Bell is a story that really deeply inspired me. And I owe a lot to that story, which is why I shared it. Um, But I had a really crucial conversation yesterday with a, a dear friend of mine who listens to the podcast and he is um, my my best friend here in Minnesota uh, I trust him um, I admire his voice and uh, transparency is my number one uh, value for me that is the most important value that I have and It is important for me to utilize that value in my work, especially here on the podcast. So in the spirit of transparency, I want to just share with you some of the conversation that my friend and I had yesterday. So here yesterday, I was talking about the relentless pursuit of everything you were made to be and that we waste so much of our time and energy on bullshit is what I called it. Um, others have used the word sin. I don't love that word. Um, I've kind of drifted from sin terminology, but it makes sense to a certain demographic. My friend um, made the point that There are some people living in the margins, depending on their status, who have found themselves unable to move beyond the bullshit because of their situation. In other words, the question remains, is it impossible in some cases for people to relentlessly pursue everything they were made to be. Well, the easy answer to that is I have no fucking clue. <laughs> but but um, it's a question worth asking and worth exploring. And it can be a little depressing when I think about it. And it, it leads us to ask the question, is spirituality... And, and the way that many of us in spiritual circles teach spirituality only for the privileged, only for the white folks, 
from the Abrahamic faith traditions, living in America, living in the middle to upper class. The people who are the least affected by the government shutdown of the country or by the quarantine. In other words, straight cisgender folks, right? I'm a white male who's married to a woman. And that being the case, I have a lot of innate privilege. So pursuing my dreams is, and pursuing the, and not just my dreams, pursuing, relentlessly pursuing everything I was made to be, feels a little bit more accessible. But what about inmates in prison? What about poverty-stricken folks who are single parents raising a household of children who can barely make ends meet? What about people who are differently abled? What about people who are abuse victims who are kept as prisoners in their own home? What about these people? What do we do with them? How do we connect spiritually with these folks? And the answer there is I don't have all the answers. I must be transparent with you, right? I just don't know to a certain extent. I cannot be all things to all people. I just can't. And so I reject that premise. However, as a practicing Buddhist, I can say that in Buddhism, our practice teaches us something. Our practice reminds us of the Dharma. And the teaching of the Buddha Dharma would say, that every moment, no matter the circumstances, is an opportunity to relentlessly pursue all that we were made to be. And that, and the Dharma is non-discriminatory. So this would be for everyone, regardless of race, class, gender identity, sexual orientation. Spirituality is not classist. It is human. We make it classist through our avoidance of the margins. So my invitation to you based on my conversation with my friend yesterday, is to visit those in the margins. Now, in this season, you may have to do that via Zoom or via FaceTime, 
or if these folks are not people that can access Zoom or FaceTime or even a phone, consider writing letters, consider delivering and dropping off food to people, but engage in a practice that connects you. Remember, spirituality is connection to ourselves, others, and a higher power. The others piece includes the margins. Do not avoid the margins. I imagine that most of the people listening to this are the kinds of people who, ha- who can afford to listen to a podcast, which means you have some level of privilege if you are able to listen to this. I hope that's not offensive to you. It's just true. Anyways, um, that being said, I think we'll move forward with the episode today. When I was just starting out in my treatment journey, I began my recovery work with a addiction counselor named Nadine. Nadine um, was this eccentric lady, um, uh, the age of a grandmother, who had hot pink glasses, hot pink nail polish, and hot pink lipstick, and she uh, drove a Harley, rode a Harley. (laughs) She, She was a real eccentric badass, and very strange and she was exactly the kind of person that I needed to kickstart my recovery journey and for the first many sessions that she and I met I was kind of shell-shocked by my own behaviors and by my own addiction history that I, I didn't really know exactly how to connect with her And I just really wasn't connecting in general to the things she was teaching me. But then one day, she taught me about the inner voices. And what we choose to do with the inner voices impacts the way we recover. And all humans, to a certain extent, are in recovery. So that's not shocking. The great spiritual teacher and Franciscan Richard Rohr says that spirituality is what you choose to do with your pain. All humans have pain. What do you choose to do with it? To utilize a word used by spiritual historian Mitch Horowitz, spirituality is what you choose to do with your friction. What Jesus chose to do with friction was to deliver the Sermon on the Mount. What the Buddha chose was to deliver the Four Noble Truths and the Noble Eightfold Path and the Dharma in general. 
what Reverend Mar uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. decided to do with friction was to start the civil rights movement and to give the I have a dream speech and to take the bullet of an assassin. There are four voices of felt need in every person. And no, this isn't like I'm hearing voices shit. <laughs> Rather, this is just listening to these four areas of need. These are the four voices that respond to pain and friction, that respond to suffering, that react when we experience that friction. <clears throat> so, uh, Nadine, on this day, uh, drew me a chart with the four voices. And it is the teaching that finally connected to me and finally was the bridge that provided opportunity for real, real tangible, accessible recovery. That was the day that I started to take my recovery very seriously because I finally felt that I could. So that was a life-saving teaching for me. And that being the case, I want to share it with you. And so it's a four-part teaching. And so we're going to do four episodes over time to touch on each of the four voices. And today's inner voice is the voice of the child. I want you to take a moment and I want you to take a deep breath with me. All the way out. And again. When you breathe out, practice pursing your lips in such a way as if you were breathing out through a straw. This action we have learned activates certain nerves in the body which help create calm within us. Just the act of breathing out through a straw. If you're finding difficulty taking deeper breaths, just slow down. If you're finding difficulty getting rid of all of the breath in your out-breath, gently bow and squeeze the rest of that air out. Just lower your head and bend over. Get all that air out, like squeezing the air out of a balloon. And then fill back up again. 
Now, as you are sitting, standing, lying down, walking, whatever form of meditation is meaningful to you, or maybe you're writing, maybe you're doing writing meditation too, I want to invite you to write down or to picture the word child. Now, fill in the space under that word. What words and images and themes immediately come to mind when you hear or see the word child? Write all of it down. Picture all of it. Every word, every thought, every phrase, every image, every trope. Picture a child right now. Maybe this is a child in your life. Maybe this is a child that you see across the street playing with his siblings or her siblings. Maybe you're picturing a child from an ad on television. Either way, picture the child. And now, holding that picture of the child loosely in your head, release it. And now see if you can hold Loosely hold a picture of yourself as a child. What a blessing, what a privilege to be able to have the memory. To see ourselves as we were as children. As you breathe in and out and hold that picture of yourself as a child loosely, ask the question of the universe. What does that child need? And can I provide it? inner voice of the child is the voice of our most felt need. The child is uh, the, the, the infant, the baby, the toddler. It's the, the human that is quite helpless in the beginning. And it is the human that calls out when it needs something. So for all of you parents and guardians of children out there, when you hear an infant wailing from the crib, 
this means that they are crying out because they need something. This is a human being at their most helpless and at their most in touch with their mammalian needs. A baby cries out for what? Food, drink, touch, rest, shelter, comfort. cries out to be cleaned up after filling its diaper with pee and poop, right? This baby, instead of politely asking or taking agency and going out and finding food and drink and shelter and rest and a wipe just cries out for it. The baby knows exactly, instinctually, exactly what it needs in the moment. The baby is in the moment because it cannot be anywhere else. While I am grateful for the experiences I have had now as an adult, I can also say that my experiences have stolen my inner child, have covered up the voice of my inner child crying from the crib. The sound of the baby crying from the crib is obstructed by my experience. In my addiction, I completely neglected my basic needs, the basic needs of the inner child. I neglected uh, baby Joey. When baby Joey cried out for food and drink, I didn't eat enough or drink enough. I lived, I have an eating disorder that I'm in recovery for, so I engaged in eating disorder symptom use behaviors. Um, I was drinking, but I wasn't drinking enough water, that's for sure. <laughs> I uh, in 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 my busyness now, uh, before the COVID nineteen season as a workaholic, it just became super easy to ignore my needs. Most of us are workaholics, though, aren't we? We make excuse after excuse after excuse. I've just, I've got to go into work. I'm sorry, there isn't another way. Bullshit. There is another way, and we know it. In my last job, it took my boss saying to me, if you don't take a few days off, I will fire you for me to actually take some time off. And even then, I was consumed and worried about all the things I was missing and all the things that were left undone at work. What an addiction. What a mindfuck. That I think that I am somehow greater than my most felt needs. We need to rest. We need to take time off. We need to 
eat right and exercise and drink water and take care of the world and breathe and notice our breathing and we need to connect with others. If anything, good that this quarantine season has taught us as a culture is that we can actually take the time to listen to the cries of the inner child and meet our most felt needs. So I ask you today, dear listener, which of your most felt needs, your most basic needs, have you been ignoring? What do you need? And what's getting in the way of you just going for it? Are you eating three meals a day? Are you getting in your snacks between meals? Are you drinking water? Are you taking breaths? I know that for some of us, like young parents, rest seems like a far off reality. But are you resting when you can? If somebody offers at home to watch your children, are you taking them up on it so that you can take a fucking nap? (laughs) I have a friend named Shane. Shane is a dear, dear friend. He was my dearest friend in my college days. I... I I looked up to him, uh, admired him deeply, and I'm just so grateful that he and I are here together in Minnesota now. Shane is a voracious reader. Reading for him is not just a hobby or an escape or a delight. And it certainly is those things, but it's not just those things for Shane. I have noticed with Shane that reading books, especially fantasy literature, is a felt need for Shane. It is a basic need for Shane. It is the voice of the child crying from the crib saying, I need to be fed story. Feed me with story. And we're reminded through that, that yeah, humans need story too. One last image to close on. I'm a huge fan of Elton John. Uh, Loved Elton John's music growing up. I was raised on it. And when the film Rocket Man came out last year, I was super amped about it. And it was a really enjoyable, well-made film, truly. Taron Egerton did a fantastic job capturing the spirit of Elton John. But when you pay close attention to the story in the movie, it is a movie about recovery. That's what it's about at its heart, which makes it an innately human story. And there is a scene, spoiler alert, 
toward the end of the film, where adult Elton Hercules John is sitting in his circle at his 12-step meeting in a treatment center and telling his story. And he's overwhelmed and stressed and sad and bitter. And in that moment, the little Elton John, the six-year-old Reginald Dwight, which was Elton John's, which is Elton John's real name, <clears throat> walks in the room. In a surreal moment, Elton John looks at the child version of himself. And without missing a beat, Elton John stands and kneels before his inner child. And without saying a word, he embraces and hugs that child close to his chest. As if to say, I'm so sorry that I didn't listen to you, that I covered up your wailing, that I ignored you, that I kept you in your crib and expected you to take care of yourself. It's okay. I'm here now. Can you forgive me? I love you. Get on your knees today and embrace your inner child, my friends. What do you have to lose? Keep paying attention, okay? I love you. Take good care of you today. And I'll see you tomorrow.